0: have friends in high places. The Ascended Masters, saints and sages of East and West, have walked where you walk. They know the trials and challenges you face, and they offer clear and practical tools for overcoming human limitations and guiding you back to the heart of God through your ascension. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door ross brunson and tom schumacher
1: well greetings and hello everyone thanks for joining us again today you are tuned to the open door the internet voice of the summit lighthouse where we publish and practice the teachings of the ascended masters and i might say we are also keepers of the flame of life i am tom schumacher and i'm ross brunson today our focus is the question Where am I going? You know, actually, we'll be focusing on the answer to that question. Okay, Captain Obvious, we're going to answer the question, where am I going? Well, actually, we'll be looking at answering the question, where are we going? I'm going to go get a cup of coffee. (laughs) What's gotten into you? Are you having a little English major flashback? Hey, 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 don't throw that pencil. Listen, I'm just trying to make a point. And what's that point? When we talk about where we're going, it's really helpful if we can be as precise as possible. Precision is important. You know, you remember one of our favorite sayings, yours, uh, if you (laughs) aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. Yeah, Yeah, that one. Well, you know, being clear and precise is key. I mean, if we don't know where we're going, how can we expect to get there? Wait a minute. Did you just channel Yogi Bear on that one? (laughs) I know. It's been known to happen. Okay. Let me say that another way. If we don't know where we're going, we could end up anywhere. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't it be much better to have a very clear and unambiguous destination in mind? You know, a place we know we want to reach and why?
2: Sure. And most people who believe in God would probably say that heaven is their final destination yeah. or, or achieving nirvana or samadhi or some variation of that idea,
1: right? Yeah, well, granted. But what do these places or experiences look and feel like? You know, wouldn't we all like to know a bit more detail? floor plan. Something. <laughs> yeah. like, well, look, uh, the, the other
2: question that comes up, what do we do when we get there?
1: Yeah, right. I mean, do we just play harp, uh, <laughs> attend angel choir concerts, and go fishing for all eternity? Yeah, well, except for the fishing.
2: It's <laughs> kind of broad, don't you think? Well, it's not very specific.
1: No, I know it is, but doesn't the usual concept of heaven itself seem a bit, I don't know, broad and almost generic? Boring? (laughs) Well, it is
2: a little unfocused. (laughs) I mean, you've got to remember that most people in the West who subscribe to Western religious orthodoxy really don't believe in reincarnation. You noticed that, Yeah, Yeah. I did, uh, over and over. They believe that after one lifetime, we go to heaven
1: ready or not. Yeah, and that's no matter whether we're here for 10 minutes or Mm -hmm. 110 years. (laughs) You know, I mean, no wonder their notion of heaven is somewhat vague and unfocused. There's no understanding of our soul's long journey back to God. Right. They they don't really buy the notion that our souls have journeyed through many, many
2: embodiments, Mm -hmm. or the soul spends time on the etheric plane between embodiments. So, of course, they don't realize that we all have unconscious memories of our experiences in the etheric world, or as we might alternatively refer to it, the heaven world. You
1: know, precisely, Ross. uh, We, on the other hand, have the, well, we've chosen to embrace the concepts of karma and reincarnation, Mm -hmm. and we are fortunate to have the distinct advantage of the teachings of the ascended masters.
2: Yeah, if you want to call it that, we do have something of an advantage when it comes to having a clear understanding of the heaven world or the etheric plane, as we call it.
1: Yeah, well, you know, the masters tell us quite specifically that the etheric plane where ascended beings reside is a place of many retreats and much activity. You mean it's more than angel choirs and heavenly fishing holes? Yeah, and I certainly hope my characterization hasn't offended anyone. I mean, it is our hope that everyone will come to realize what a truly grand and magnificent mm-hmm. place heaven is, a place of glorious opportunity to continue on the spiritual path. And I think it's key that it isn't where things end.
2: It's oh. where they truly begin for us. Yep. You know, But it isn't, isn't it true that... To attain
1: heaven and stay there, importantly, mm-hmm. we have to achieve a few entry standards. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and I realize that I'm making a couple of assumptions here that probably need to be spelled out. Okay. You know, one, the ascended masters teach, and we believe, that the ascension is the ultimate goal of life. Right. We've talked many times before about reuniting with the heart of God through the ascension. Right. And the ascension is not automatic. It mm-hmm. must be earned There are conditions that have to be met, okay? I'm right with you. Good. Now, the second assumption is that it took many lifetimes to create negative karma and solidify our human density. Mm -hmm. And it's probably going to take more than one lifetime to balance the karmic scales. Not unless we use something like, say, the violet flame. Oh,
2: yeah. But reincarnation. We've (laughs) talked about this. We mentioned it a few moments ago.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, so we assume that we can ascend to become one with God, mm-hmm. but we've got some karma to clean up first, and we've had many lifetimes to set the record straight. I'm with you, man. So, <laughs> but what does this all have
2: to do with having a
1: clear and precise <laughs>
2: concept of heaven or the heaven world?
1: Well, if your concept of where you're going is vague, the real rewards mm-hmm. of arriving there might be vague as well. You know, you ever try to hit a target with your eyes closed? Did you know I'm a Zen archer? Oh, well, you might be able to. <laughs> I, get the, I get the point, though. And you're not saying that people
2: with a vague idea of life after death are wrong or bad or anything. Oh, no, absolutely not. Okay. Just that if they knew what they were missing, they might really knuckle down to making some serious application
1: well, on this. Well, you've got it. You know, And you said something just a moment ago about life after death. Right. When we ascend, we come to a higher plane of life. Right. This is where all things are possible. But
2: you're right. Life is the key word. Imagine having a long wish list of things you'd love to learn, Mm -hmm. to do, to see. And then imagine that once we ascend, it's all possible. Yeah. Well, again, our point in belaboring the subject is that we all ultimately want this embodiment. Be our last. And to finally graduate and move on to, well, I guess you'd call it higher education. Da,
1: da, 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 <laughs> da. Yeah, no kidding. Well, and heaven is more than just a place to pursue our favorite hobbies. I mean, mm. in the etheric realm, we can continue our service to life if we choose, learn the deepest spiritual truths from very advanced teachers.
2: Well, and all the while, all those who reside in the etheric world do continue to advance higher and higher.
1: Yeah, you know, so the pathway begun on earth continues once we've ascended to the etheric plane. Well, right, we're constantly transcending. Ourselves, that's that's very deep, Ross. Shri Brunson to you, brother. Oh.
2: <laughs> now, what about those souls who are destined to return to Earth for yet another round of life?
1: Well, you know they get to experience the etheric realm in between embodiments. Mm-hmm. In fact, sometimes the soul is so tired and worn out from her earthly struggle that she has granted a respite in the etheric to rest and prepare for the next cycle. It sounds good. And oh. you now the rest of us can visit
2: the etheric realm each night as our bodies sleep. Yeah, for tutoring and preparation for our various life tests.
1: You know, I know that there are some of us who even remember some of these nightly excursions. You know, I have a vague sense sometimes, but no real specific recall. But I do realize that it's all part of a grand design. You know, This is a great plan for the resurrection and the ascension of my soul. Mm-hmm.
2: We are ever in God's consciousness mm-hmm. and never alone. And speaking of grand plans, we're going to listen to our friend Terry Kennedy in a second, reading an excerpt from Keys to the Kingdom by Elizabeth Clare Prophet entitled The Plan of Victory. Uh, Sri Brunson.
1: You like that? I was
2: thinking (laughs) of, like, Ramatami
3: for you.
1: Oh, (laughs) uh, okay. Well, before we lose our audience completely, here's Terry.
3: Quickly. (laughs) The Plan of Victory. The plan of victory for the children of God was nobly defined in the life of Jesus and that of many other avatars who have been sent by God. They are exemplars who point the way of freedom to generations who have lost their contact, not only with God, but also with the heavenly hosts and the elementals. The ascension and the overcoming of every binding condition that must precede it are the birthright and the highlight of the life of all who are born of God. When through service to life an individual son or daughter of God attains mastery over outer circumstances, balances 51% of his karma and fulfills the divine mission that is the unique plan for his life stream, he may then return to the throne of grace, being perfected in the ritual of the ascension. Once ascended, he is known as an ascended master. Here life truly begins, and man is ordained a priest of the sacred fire in the eternal, ever-enfolding service of his God. All of life, hence all of God, is in the process of ascending when it follows the divinely natural process of spiritual evolution. It is, therefore, through the ascension that angels, elementals, and men find their way back to the heart of God. We are urged by all of heaven to seek our own Christhood for many reasons. Jesus told his disciples that if they were to eat any deadly thing, it would not hurt them. Such is the way of the saints. They can transmute anything that comes into their bodies and into the body of the planet. Everything is possible with God. If enough spiritually adept people lived in a city or a home that home or city could have a spiritual dome of protection placed over it that nothing could penetrate. Perhaps that is how St. Paul's Chapel, only a block away from the World Trade Center, remained intact in the aftermath of the terrorist attacks on September 11, 2001. This amazing story was published in the Boston Globe. St. Paul's Chapel is Manhattan's oldest public building. It contains the oldest known oil painting depicting the Great Seal of the United States and the monuments and tombstones of some of the country's earliest heroes. George Washington visited this chapel in 1789 after his inauguration at the nearby Federal Hall. When police escorted Reverend Lyndon Harris to St. Paul's early in the morning of September 12, he could not believe his eyes. Although buildings all around it had been destroyed and the chapel was surrounded by chunks of steel and rubble, somehow St. Paul's remained untouched. Not even a window was broken. Reverend Harris said, It's hard to say this isn't a miracle, the fruit of some divine intervention. I think it stands as a beacon of hope and a metaphor of good standing in the face of evil. The chapel's pews quickly became beds for police officers, firefighters, and soldiers taking breaks from their shifts. Hundreds of rescue workers were fed in the chapel, and it also served as a depot for supplies. Police officer David Cappellini said, It's amazing how peaceful this place can be, given how much is going on around it. No doubt many took time to pause in prayer and to read the words of a prayer by a soldier from long ago. Etched in bronze on the wall are the words of the Christed One, George Washington. Almighty God, we make earnest prayer that Thou wilt keep the United States in Thy holy protection. Plugging into God If we are not plugged into God through the Holy Spirit every day and every hour of the day— We will have a hard time being able to stand up against the planetary forces of darkness, let alone solve the many problems that face the nations in these troubled times. It does not matter if you are imperfect or not trained or not developed in self-mastery. God is the allness of you and in you. When you determine to turn your life over to Him, to turn your body temple over to Him, He can act through you and His angels can be with you. The times in which we live call for singleness of purpose. This is a time for all of us to plug into God and plug into our higher self. When the Lord lets his mantle descend upon you, when your higher self, your I am presence descends upon you, then you can have the empowerment of God to challenge forces of evil, beginning with those forces you have allowed to lodge within yourself and moving on to those that prey upon those nearest you. You can assist your loved ones and reinforce them with strength because you daily commune in prayer, in love, and in service to your God. Wherever you live, in whatever city or state or nation, you are a pillar of fire. You can keep the flame in your city. You can keep that candle burning. As the Master said long ago, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on an hill cannot be hid.
2: When we return we'll hear a remarkable interview with elizabeth claire prophet on the ascension what it means and how to achieve it don't go away
4: awakened media for a transforming world seventh wave network
0: On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. The power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home. And their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway of your ascension. For more, visit www.tsl.org.
4: Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network.
0: You're listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door.
2: Welcome back. In the following interview, Elizabeth Clare Prophet introduces us to Serapis Bay, the Ascended Master who presides over the Ascension Temple, what the ascension is, the path to achieving it, the criteria for how each of us can ascend, and much more. Our interviewer is Doug Kenyon.
3: Who is Serapis Bay?
4: Serapis Bay, Doug, is one of my favorite ascended masters. He is the hierarch of the Ascension Temple at Luxor, Egypt. He's known as the Great Disciplinarian and he is the beloved master who disciplines us in the initiations for the ascension.
1: What's the ascension?
4: The ascension is our acceleration of the consciousness of God and our return to the white fire core of being. I guess Christians call it going to heaven and Hinduists and Buddhists call it entering nirvana, the great soul liberation, It is indeed the liberation. It is our freedom from the round of rebirth and our freedom from our own karma.
3: What's the connection between Serapis Bay and the ascension?
4: Serapis Bay is a son of God who came to earth with many sons and daughters of God, led by the one who is referred to in the book of Daniel as the Ancient of Days. The Ancient of Days is Sanat Kumara, one of the seven holy Kumaras who are masters of the seven rays on the planet Venus. Serapis Bay was embodied on Atlantis, and prior to the sinking of Atlantis he was directed to take the focus of the flame of the ascension and to establish the temple which is now in the etheric plane at Luxor, Egypt. Serapis Bay's teaching is a very practical initiation on the path of purity so that we can understand how we may earn our ascension in this life on any one of the seven rays of the Christ. Serapis says, The future is what you make it, even as the present is what you made it. If you do not like it, God has provided a way for you to change it, and the way is through the acceptance of the currents of the ascension flame. I really think that the awareness that we can return to God in this life is something which many do not have, and others have a misconception of it. They think that by a simple declaration of faith or confession of the name Jesus Christ that they will automatically be received into the courts of heaven. Unfortunately, this is not so. For the great law requires that we shall balance every jot and tittle of the law, and this law is the law of karma. Hence God has provided for us the way of reincarnation whereby the soul takes embodiment again and again so that it can finally prove the law of love whereby it can reunite with the living God. Serapis teaches that the path of the ascension is the path of love. He says it is love and the dream of love fulfilled. So we know that it is the way of love that leads to the way of purity. The ascension flame corresponds to the base of the spine chakra. The white chakra is the focal point of the energy of mother, which the Hindus refer to as the goddess Kundalini, and which we salute as the Hail Mary or Hail Mother Ray. Whichever way we pursue the flame of Mother, it is the raising up of this energy to the crown of life and to the third eye via the caduceous action which gives us the mastery over sin, disease and death and our ultimate overcoming. In the East, in fact, in the life of Ramakrishna, We understand that Jesus the Christ is regarded as the great yogi, the Son of God, and truly he was because he mastered the energies of the chakras. I remember early in my life when I was just a teenager, coming out of a Christian church and feeling the presence of the Holy Spirit descend upon me and give me a very intense awareness why I have to ascend in this life and I knew that God was telling me that my soul must return to him, never to go out again. It was then that I began pursuing the path of the ascension as it is taught in East and West, and the end of my search was the discovery of the Master Serapis Bay, the Chohan of the Fourth Ray of the Ascension, and of his retreat at Luxor, Egypt. In this retreat on the Nile River there is the Focus of the Ascension Flame, Candidates for the Ascension from all over the world in every religion are invited to come to this retreat in their etheric bodies while they sleep at night. The training which Serapis gives is a training of the highest discipline of the white light of Alpha and Omega in each one of the seven centers of God's being. You may think that the Ascension Is something of the past, or that it was only for Jesus the Christ or Mother Mary. When in fact there are many modern saints who have earned their ascension. One such saint is Pope John the 23rd, another, Saint Therese of Vizier. Mother Cabrini made her ascension, and so did Mary Baker Eddy. There have been ones who have ascended from every continent and through every religion. And all of these have achieved that ascension through the disciplines of love. As Serapis Bey says, the disciplines for the initiations of the ascension into higher consciousness can be borne only by love, by the heart and the soul, so filled with love for God, the great Guru, that it will endure unto the end, the end of the cycles of human consciousness. That human consciousness which Serapis Bay is talking about is a qualification of the energy of God with the imperfection of the human mind with its limitation. Serapis teaches us that we have the dispensation today whereby if we balance only 51% of our karma, we can pass through the initiation of the ascension. The remaining 49% of our karma is balanced after the ascension. For those who do not realize the extreme requirements of the past, may I say that formerly it was required that 100% of an individual's karma be balanced prior to the ascension. That meant that every erg of energy, every jot and tittle of the law, of all energy that was given to man by god since his first incarnation in matter had to be balanced and requalified with light this means from every lifetime every fear and doubt every hatred every wrong deed had to be balanced through the flame of the holy spirit in the aquarian age we have the dispensation of the great mercy of the law whereby that 51% is an adequate manifestation and so by the grace and the gift of the Holy Spirit and of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are able to re-enter that state of union and from that point balance every debt to life.
3: Are there any other requirements for the ascension?
4: A most important requirement is the fulfillment of one's inner divine plan or the soul blueprint. We all came forth from God with a very special mission, a very special purpose on earth to be a scientist, to be an artist, to be a minister, to be a saint. Whatever it is, we must fulfill that calling, and many times it requires a number of incarnations to do so. Many souls on earth today who are advanced in the way and the calling of the Christ have already fulfilled a great portion of that inner blueprint, and so they are seeking the path of the great reunion. This reunion with God was taught by beloved Yogananda and his masters Sri Yukteswar and Lahiri Mahasha, Babaji and Mataji. These masters are counted among the unascended gurus of the Great White Brotherhood. They are the Bodhisattvas. Although Yogananda was able to preserve his body temple after death, he did not elect to take his ascension Rather, he abides at the etheric plane in the etheric retreats of the Great White Brotherhood with other masters of the Himalayas, training and tutoring souls who are walking in the way of the Christ and the Buddha to attain that reunion. We have contact with Yogananda and the masters who form a part of his service in the training of devotees in the way of Kriya Yoga. These masters are very real, Whether ascended or unascended, they abide in the octaves of light and they are receiving their devotees today, this very day, in the retreats of the Great White Brotherhood. The teachings and meditations of Yogananda, especially his mantras, demonstrating the science of the spoken word, are also for the path of the ascension. It is the desire of Yogananda to bring his disciples into the awareness of the teachings of the ascended masters even as it is the desire of the ascended masters to teach their disciples the way of the unascended adepts of the Himalayas
3: What demands does Serapis Bey make on his disciples
4: Serapis Bey asks the supreme question of all of us how much do you love how great is your love Is your love great enough to make the sacrifice for the overcoming, for the path, for the cause of the Great White Brotherhood, in order that others among mankind might also receive the teachings, the law and the understanding of the fulfillment of the promise of love? He says, Faced with this question, the individual must either retreat into his old ways of the self-centered existence or come forth from that cocoon of selfishness and fly with the wings of the spirit, the wings of love that are the certain victory.
3: Thank you very much.
2: Up next, our weekly Q&A, and today, once again, we are joined by Reverend Sidney Bennett. Please stay with us.
4: Your online community for positive change.
5: Seventh Wave Network. You are a child of God, and the purpose of your life is to reunite with His heart. But how do you do that? November 25th through the 28th, in beautiful Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, Summit University will present a special international seminar Keys to Overcoming Victory on the Path of Initiation. Join us and learn practical, effective tools for overcoming life's challenges, passing your spiritual tests, and returning home to the heart of God. For over 40 years, Summit University has taught students from around the world how to successfully advance on the spiritual path. Now we wish to share this knowledge with you. Please hurry, space is limited. For registration information and other details, go to summituniversity.org. mexico Register before September 27th, save $50, and guarantee your hotel space. Keys to Overcoming, Summit University in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, November 25th through the 28th. Register now and save. SummitUniversity.org slash Mexico.
0: On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home. And their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway of your ascension. For more, visit www.tsl.org.
4: Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network.
0: are listening to the open door hosted by ross brunson and tom schumacher if you have a question or comment about our series please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org that's webradio at tsl.org now back to the open door
2: we're back and as promised we are joined by reverend Sidney bennett hi Sid. Gentlemen? Hello there. All right, let's dive right in. Do you remember heaven?
6: Do I remember heaven? Might as well a song, but anyway. Um, <laughs> you know, I think that, that those of us that, by God's grace, spend the time between embodiments and the etheric plane do have a soul memory of what heaven is like. And, you know, you've seen that pictures, I think, I think when uh, I think of the Holy City, and you see mm-hmm. pictures representing that with this beautiful uh, etheric city and so forth. And that triggers a remembrance in us because they actually exist. They're very real. They're more real than what we experience here. And so we do have that memory, and, and also mm. we're able to travel there at night when we sleep, and so we know they're real. And it's, this is perhaps a vague sense, but we know there's something greater than what we see here. And it's interesting, in the book of Revelation, when John sees the holy city coming down from heaven, that's actually one of the retreats over the Holy Land uh-huh. that he sees. So we know it's beautiful.
1: Wow. Um, this is one of those questions that I know a lot of people ask. Um, if a soul is only in embodiment for a few minutes, hours, or days, could that brief span somehow be uh, sufficient to achieve the ascension and immortal life?
6: Well, I think you have to put it in the context of are you believing about one lifetime or uh-huh. many lifetimes? And obviously, uh, you know, the Catholic Church believes that if you're baptized as a baby, you're going to heaven no matter what happens. Right. Yeah. Um, however, we have the understanding that it takes many lifetimes to balance the karma that we made. Um, it took a long time to make. It's going to take a long time to balance it. Except, of course, now we have the violet flame. But every soul is different. There may be souls that come forth that die as a child, Mm -hmm. that they just had a last little erg of karma that they wanted to balance to move on either to their ascension or to the next thing that they need to do. And so they just come for a brief period. So it's very difficult to judge um, where souls are at. And I want to add one more thing. Many times when a child is born, say a Down syndrome child Mm -hmm. or a severely retarded or or, or a child with any kind of, of severe medical problem, It's because they have chosen to take a certain karma on themselves that they need to balance. And that's why we need to preserve light and sustain life as long as it's appropriate and practical. And these children sometimes also will come and take world karma on them. Mm. So a Down syndrome child, it may not even be their personal karma. They love so much they've come to take world karma on them. And that's why these children must be protected, preserved, and helped in any way.
1: And, and, and we, we can rejoice for them and not be sad at their condition.
6: Absolutely. Yeah. And know that whether it's their karma, own karma or world karma, they have chosen this for their next step on the spiritual path. Yeah. And also, if we're the parents or in the family or so forth, for us to learn the lessons of love. It's a tremendous opportunity. Oh. And it's not easy. It's not easy. But it's, it's what God wants.
2: Mm. Truly. Since we're on the subject, what about a soul that's been aborted? I mean, what happens if the soul's karmic journey gets cut short and that purpose that they came back to earth for is denied?
6: We know, we talked about before, every soul has a mission for each lifetime. And as they're reviewing this before what we call the Karmic Board of Spiritual Overseers, there are certain things they need to accomplish, certain people they need to meet, perhaps certain souls they need to sponsor as parents. If that soul is prevented from coming into physical embodiment, that not only are they physically aborted, but they're spiritually aborted in terms of what they need to do. And, and some souls have come back and tried two and three and four times and mm. been aborted every time. Ooh. And you can't imagine the frustration that these souls feel, feel. They want to move on with their spiritual path. They have this broad perspective of life. They know they need to do certain things, and they can't get into embodiment. Mm. Right. And so that's why it, it's the untold story of abortion. Yeah. And it's, I think mm-hmm. if people knew that, it would be very different.
1: Well, I, you know, I think that abortion you know, is clearly an important, uh, though painful and unhappy subject. And it's probably next to impossible to really fully understand the karmic implications, you know, both to the individual and to the planet of abortion. But, you know, in a discussion of where we're going, uh, I think we have to understand that abortion is one of the fallen one's strategies for denying us the kingdom of heaven, isn't it?
6: Well, it it absolutely is, because God has a plan for this planet. And, you know, God is not going to put more souls on this planet than the planet can sustain and according to his will. But there is a plan. There is a cycle and a time for souls to be here. And so what the fallen angels have done is they've found a way to keep certain souls out of embodiment. Mm -hmm. You know, we have many problems in this nation on this planet. And perhaps the solutions to those problems were from souls that have been denied entry to life. Great souls, great geniuses bringing forth solutions by the economy, to cancer, anything else. And, of course, the fallen angels want to keep them out of embodiment so they can't do that. And secondly, they know that people make karma when Mm -hmm. they uh, support or allow abortion both in their nation and as individuals. And I just want to add right here, if you've ever had an abortion... Or promoted one, you know, there is a path of forgiveness, there is a way to balance the karma, Mm -hmm. but we have to understand the very serious implications of this.
1: I'm glad you mentioned that.
2: Thank you. Well, and I think some of the some of the people who have experienced that in the past have been some of the most ardent supporters of life. Absolutely. Absolutely. They've been
6: converted and they have spent their lives trying to teach others. And of course, that's how
2: they Mm -hmm. balance their karma. Exactly. (laughs) Service to life. Well now, heaven. Hmm. The etheric plane, the heaven world. Is this where the fallen angels once lived? I mean they fell, and they're now basically forever denied heaven, or is it possible for them to get back
6: well it's, it you know it 's inconceivable for many of us to think how anyone that was in heaven would would leave you know of their own free will, but it was the sin of pride, as we know with Lucifer and um, so yes, there is a way home, there is redemption for even the fallen angels. But they'll have to balance their karma just like anyone else. Uh, the reality is not too many of them take advantage of that. Because once you get a momentum of darkness and evil, that's what you, beca- you, you become. And so we can certainly pray for those to be converted and, and turn. And God gives unlimited opportunity until your time is up, so to speak. And yeah. everyone has a cycle. And they have a cycle, too.
1: Well, you know, in, in addition to the angels and ascended masters, you know, we often talk about heaven. Or the etheric plane is our home, too. And we've obviously a theme of this program today, where we're going. But it not it true that when we ascend, we are in reality returning home?
6: We are absolutely returning to the presence of mm-hmm. God. And I, I want to add here, Tom, that when we think of heaven, it's not just one place. We've been taught by the Ascended Masters there are 33 different levels of the etheric plane. Wow. And even the lowest level of the etheric plane is much more beautiful, much more glorious than the planet Earth. And so people think the Earth is beautiful. But even if you get to the first level of the etheric plane, it is so beautiful hmm. and so glorious and so much light and so much love.
2: Even, e- even Paradise Valley? <laughs> <laughs> Indeed.
6: That's an in-joke, folks. <laughs>
2: oh.
6: But And I just add one sure. more thing here. Uh-huh. Conversely, not everyone goes to heaven. You know, we have, of course, the traditional sense of hell, and what we call the astral plane would correspond to what people uh, think of as, as, you know, hell. And there are 33 levels of that as well. And sometime we have a discussion, we can talk about it. But it's not automatic you get to heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to work. It's, it takes a buoyancy. It takes a light in your presence to get you there. It takes love in your heart. That's the currency that will get you to heaven.
2: Well, well now that we're kind of hip to the concept of the etheric plane, <laughs> and people are starting to understand that there's a lot there, mm-hmm. can you kind of expand on what awaits us when we get there?
6: You know, Jesus said, that in my Father's house are many mansions, and I think... Uh, There are many mansions. It becomes unlimited in terms of opportunity, and um, this is very exciting when you think about it. We don't have the physical limitation. When we balance our karma, become one with our Christ consciousness, our I am presence, we are literally a part of God because we have become God and yet we have our individuality, and so it is unlimited. I mean, literally, you can learn to sing in heaven if you want when you get there. But you know what happens? Hear that,
1: Ross? <laughs>
2: hey, hey, there's another inside joke. <laughs>
6: but, but I think what most people do is when they get there and they make their ascension, they look back on the plight of Earth and the very, very precious souls of God that are here and need the truth, need the illumination, need the violet flame, and they work very hard to spread the, the light um, from the other side, sure. but I got to add something. It's much easier to do it when you're in physical embodiment. So mm-hmm. this is the time. Don't wait till you get to heaven. Start now.
1: Well, actually, that that uh, you kind of stole my thunder there because I was just about to ask you if we are um, the beneficiaries of this um, dispensation, only having to balance 51% of our karma. How do we handle the balancing of whatever karma remains once we've ascended?
6: Well, you still, as Mrs. Prophet mentioned in her talk, we still have to balance 100% of our karma. And you can do it by various ways. You can do the violet flame on the etheric, but it's much, much harder mm-hmm. than doing it in the physical. And also, if you have karma with certain people, they have to be contacted. Well, here, if you know who they are, you can call them up on the phone, you can write them <laughs> letter, you can talk to them. Yeah, but when you're in heaven, sorry. and unfortunately most of us are a little dense down here, and we don't necessarily hear everything that that the angels and the masters are trying to tell us it's much harder. So right. this is the place to balance your karma. Yep.
2: Or say if you had karma with people that you knew you would never actually be able to go and find or whatever you might do, say, a website or a radio show or something <laughs> exactly. like that. Exactly. <laughs> I mean,
6: you know, there's no coincidences. I mean, uh, you know, we may be doing Absolutely. this because we have a lot of karma with yeah. people. There that, you go. That's, that's the explanation. Great, that is the grace and mercy of God.
1: We, we won't be naming
2: names. No? <laughs> that's right. You, know, you, you, and you. Yeah. <laughs> so can, I, I hate to ask this, but... <laughs> Is it ever? A, is there ever a time where somebody would want to forego their ascension and stay on planet Earth? I mean, I've heard of people doing this, not not like they decided never to go to heaven, but right. they wanted to stay on Earth. Well, I, I think
6: after you, if you, if you've earned your ascension, you are given the opportunity to take it. Mm-hmm. But some souls will want to come back to Earth for a very specific mission or to do something specific
2: for God. Kind of a cosmic rain check?
6: Yeah, now, but there are risks associated with that, because sometimes people that do this come back and forget what they're supposed to do, Uh and they end up making more karma, and so they slip below the 51%. So, Ouch. you know, there are risks associated with this, and I, I, I think, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the Ascended Masters and the Ascended will certainly advise us all, but they do have ultimate free will. And now there's the other case where Mrs. Prophet mentioned about Yogananda, mm-hmm. uh, who has not, not taken his ascension, but he hasn't re-embodied either. And so he can delay his ascension because he is, in a sense, closer to the planet and to his students mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. by not doing that. So wow. everybody's different.
1: Now, I'd like to expand on the point you made just a moment ago, that there is, in fact, some potential danger to the soul in choosing not to accept the ascension.
6: Well, it is, because, again, free will is supreme. And so a soul may come back, and they can actually you know, lose momentum. They get in a wrong situation, mm-hmm. something happens. There's no guarantees, no guarantees and yeah. free will reigns supreme. So karma is karma. Karma is impersonal. And so people make karma. It doesn't matter if they are once at... 55%, they could slip down to 45 So there are risks. And for most people, the vast majority, taking their ascension is the way to go oh, and yeah. what they choose.
2: You know, it's very comforting to know that the, that the laws of karma and the universe dictate that I, if I wish to, I could mess it up. But that's not terribly comforting to the, <laughs> the concept of getting to heaven. <laughs> oh, but you
1: don't have to. You know. No, you don't have to. Don't, roll, don't roll those dice. That's yeah. right, exactly.
2: Well, so are there are there qualified undescended beings on earth right now, other than Yogananda, that you could name? There, well, there Mrs. Additional? Prophet
6: mentioned Babaji and uh-huh. some of the undescended mm-hmm. masters of the Himalayas, and right. I'm sure there's others that we don't know about that for some reason delay taking their ascension and still reign on earth. So that's a comfort that there are these great souls still Indeed.
1: around. Indeed. You know, um, before we continue, because um, we were referring to the Retreats, The Many Mansions Before. Ross, could you give us a link uh, to our book, Masters and Their Retreats, for our listeners?
2: Absolutely. It's an awesome book. It is the encyclopedia of the Ascended Masters, the Spiritual Retreats, Angels, Archea, you name it. Go to tsl.org forward slash 7100. That's 7100. And you'll be right to the bookstore page for that. Mm-hmm. Also, th- that's really all the time we have for this segment. We want you to stay with us, though. When we come back, we're going to continue our discussion of where are we going with Sydney Bennett. Thank you. Thanks, Ross.
4: The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network.
0: On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. The power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home. And their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway of your ascension. For more, visit www.tsl.org.
5: You are a child of God, and the purpose of your life is to reunite with His heart. But how do you do that? November 25th through the 28th, in beautiful Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, Summit University will present a special international seminar Keys to Overcoming, Victory on the Path of Initiation. Join us and learn practical, effective tools for overcoming life's challenges, passing your spiritual tests, and returning home to the heart of God. For over 40 years, Summit University has taught students from around the world how to successfully advance on the spiritual path. Now we wish to share this knowledge with you. Please hurry. Space is limited. For registration information and other details, go to summituniversity.org/mexico. Register before September 27th, save $50, and guarantee your hotel space. Keys to Overcoming, Summit University in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, November 25th through the 28th. Register now and save. SummitUniversity.org slash Mexico.
4: Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network
0: you are listening to the open door hosted by ross brunson and tom schumacher if you have a question or comment about our series please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org that's webradio at tsl.org now back to the
1: open door Okay, now we're back for more discussion with Sidney Bennett on the subject of where we're going. Uh, Now, I want to ask you this kind of a critique, if you don't mind. Um, Do you think we might have been a bit too harsh earlier when we spoke of the relative vagueness of some concepts of heaven?
6: Well, I think this is one of the problems we've had on this planet, is not knowing the truth. Or the truth is common, we haven't chosen to embody it or understand it. Or it's common, it's been denied us through uh, various powers and principalities of darkness, Mm -hmm. candidly, uh, in (laughs) high places. And so, uh, knowledge is power. And when we understand the reality of life, we can do something about it. The passivity of saying, Jesus is my Savior, I'm going to heaven... is is very, very detrimental to the soul. Yes, Jesus is my Savior. He's given me the opportunity to balance my karma. But I need to do that. I need to work at it. Mm -hmm. And without that understanding, we can end up someplace very different than we hoped. Now, we mentioned that there's 33 levels of the etheric plane or the heaven plane, and there's 33 levels of what we call the astral plane or what some people would call heaven or perhaps purgatory or other places like that. And we understand that when we leave this embodiment, when we leave this body, we're going someplace. (laughs) We're either going to the etheric or we're going to the astral. There's not other places we can go. And so the light that we have in our auras, that we have in our hearts, is going to be the momentum that will take us to the etheric and if we have darkness and things that plague plagued us, we may end up in the astral. Now, for example, a person that is an alcoholic has two problems. One is that momentum of alcoholism usually follows them from lifetime to lifetime mm-hmm. if they don't overcome it. And secondly, when they leave embodiment, they, unless they have enough light to take them elsewhere, they may end up on what we call the plane. and like attracts like. And so they would be with other alcoholics on the astral plane. Whoa. They can't, and so they don't have the instruction, the teachings of the masters, progress for their next one. They may not get to the etheric, and then they just come back to embodiment, but what do they do? They have these momentums of alcoholism, yep. and until they're defeated, they're going to keep coming back and back.
1: Oh, boy. Well, um, in, in that we've been perhaps denied the full understanding of our true home in the etheric plane, it probably won't do us any good to get angry about it. But, you know, but what course of study would you suggest for someone who wants to uh, understand the true nature of where we're going?
6: Well, I think you know, an understanding that we do re-embody, we do need to make progress, we need to work on things, we need to change our lives, and there's a reason to do it. You may be 80 years old, and there's still a reason to change your life, to work on it, to make spiritual progress. And, of course, we believe the teachings of the Ascended Masters afford the very detailed instruction and understanding that allow us to make that progress. Mm -hmm. And I know it's been what I was searching all my life, and when I found it, I realized I really had found the truth. And it's a way of getting home. It's not the only way, but it's a practical way for people, Mm -hmm. especially in the West, to balance their karma and understand what is really going on.
1: You know, it, it's an interesting uh, concept that you just mentioned, that when when we find this path, when we really know that we found the truth, we could probably say that about any stage of our journey, that at some point in that choice or set of choices we made, whether it's these teachings or not, that it was something that felt true, it felt right. But I'm with you. When these teachings finally came into my radar, there was a level of truth it was transcending anything else that I knew. Mm-hmm. Did you have that kind of
6: experience? Absolutely. You- it's, you know, uh, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Yeah. And it was the voice mm-hmm. of the light. Of, of the masters and of Jesus that, that I found. And, you know, you aren't even going to be pursuing these or understanding or hearing about these teachings unless you balance balanced a certain amount of your own karma. Yeah. In other words, when the teacher will appear when you are ready. But I think, you know, I always ponder, well, why is God bringing the truth this way? You know, <laughs> yeah. it seems like an odd way <laughs> to do that it. Question
1: more and it yet, mm.
6: you understand God mm. must respect free will, and the masters can't interfere with free will. They have to find, again, sorry mm. for the term, open door mm. of someone they Thank can you. work through, some teaching they can give, <laughs> nice and then it's up to us to recognize the mm-hmm. truth, to ask God to show us the truth of them, and then if we feel that to pursue it with all our hearts, because it's it's going to be Reap benefits beyond your wildest dreams.
1: And, and and all plugs aside, that truly is the open door. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. See, it's funny because you guys talk about you know finding the teachings as as adults and you know and, and then recognizing the truth of them. Having been brought up around these teachings and kind of dipped into it, you know, brought by the parents and things like that. It took me several years of kind of going off. I was in the service before I finally realized the truth of of them because I had gone through enough that mm-hmm. I now had something. The, the teachings was the answer too. Well, it's the relative frame of reference. Exactly. Yeah. That, that didn't have anything to hang it on. Well, a lot of different concepts do exist out there for defining what we call the afterlife of the heaven world. Is there any one of them that you can think of, aside from the Ascended Master's teachings about the etheric plane, that actually comes close to the truth?
6: Well, I think that, you know, the Catholics have the concept of heaven, hell, and purgatory. And Mm -hmm. you could think of purgatory as a place where souls go where they're not quite ready for heaven, but they're not ready for hell (laughs) either. And so, um, you know, and they, I think the one thing the Catholics do believe in, which I think we would agree with, is praying for people after they pass on. Because souls can be caught in the astral plane, through, for instance, problems they had or momentums, as I mentioned, and you can make a prayer to Archangel Michael, and he will go forth to the astral plane and rescue these souls. And that's an amazing concept. Oh, People yeah. can be rescued from, you know, they had good intentions, but they made mistakes. And they can be then taken to the etheric to prepare for their next embodiment. This is why we do pray for people that have passed on, um, for whatever their needs are.
2: So now let's return back to the subject of the ascension. Was this concept ever taught as a tenet of any of the Western religions? Well, I think,
6: again, you go back to early Christianity, the lost teachings of Jesus, the Council Mm -hmm. of Nicaea, which, you know, took reincarnation out of the concept of Christianity and so forth. And, um, you know, definitely it was there. And so... We sort of have a vague reference, but Jesus ascended and Mother Mary, she didn't really ascend. She was assumed into heaven. But the concept of the, those are the only two that could really do it is, right. is the lie that has been yeah. perpetrated on Christianity since that yeah. time.
1: Well, you know, and that brings up something else. This is kind of my, I have my finger pointing here. In denying the truth of the individual's right to choose the ascension, uh, don't our modern religious leaders and preachers make a lot of negative karma? Well,
6: they do make karma. And, you know, unfortunately, ignorance is no excuse. Sure. And so you have some people that are, have, have malice and intent in denying this knowledge, and others, they're just kind of swallowed the lie, and, and, and mm-hmm. they're pursuing it. Now, let me give an example of this in history. At the time of the Protestant Reformation, one of the results of that was that Mother Mary was taken out of a good portion of Christianity. Mm-hmm. And so people that were part of that movement, even though they had good intentions, mm-hmm. therefore have the karma of denying the Divine Mother to every Protestant since then. Oh, so Lord. you can see what their <laughs> karma is they then have to spread the teachings of the Divine Mother so people will hear them and they can balance their karma. But karma has implications far beyond even this lifetime.
1: Oh, boy. (laughs)
2: I'll say. Well, okay, so if the modern religious leaders are ignorant of the truth, is their ignorance somehow excusable? (laughs) I mean, do they get a pass, a kitchen pass, for being, well, I should say, at least outwardly unaware that they're teaching a false? Well,
6: you know, I I mean, I'm not God. I can't determine that. But I I think that ignorance is no excuse. It's still karma. And they may have a good intentions, and if they have love in their hearts, that can make up a lot of mistakes. Oh, and there are yeah. people that don't believe in the teachings of the Son and Masters, other things, but they have so much love and are so embody the the, the person of Christ, mm-hmm. they make it to the etheric retreats. Sure. They just don't have the violent flame, and they just don't balance their karma as much as they can.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny, my, my young daughter will ask me every once in a while, is so-and-so, do they understand the teachings, and I, are they in the teachings? And I'll say sometimes about that person who shows that amount of love, I say, no, dear, but they're really close. Yeah. And yeah. It really is true. And
6: you can have an intellectual understanding of the teachings that does you no good
2: if you
1: don't <laughs> have right.
6: the love in your heart.
1: Got the love. Got to have it. Um, you know, am going back to another subject we approached before and certainly in this program too that if we were all to embrace the idea of the ascension as the ultimate goal of life, we would virtually eradicate abortion overnight, wouldn't we?
6: The world would change wow. oh, literally great. within hours if people yeah. realize that there is great opportunity Great privilege, great joy, a great path to walk. I'm ready to go. God has given me the tools. By His grace, I can make it.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well,
2: (laughs) I don't like to say it, but that's all the time we've got this week. Again, as always, I want to thank Sidney Bennett
1: for being such a clear vehicle for shedding the light on the Ascended Master's teachings. I agree totally. And, you know, now that we've addressed the questions of who we are, why we're here, and where we're going. I invite all of you to join us again next week when we will discuss the last of our four essential questions, How Do I
2: Get There? Until then, remember, though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards are out of this world. Thanks, everybody.
0: Thank you again for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Seventh Wave Network. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.